heading to England. The morning arrived for Kay's departure. Even Pat had got very emotional, giving Kay the biggest hug she'd ever given her. She whispered, I'll keep all your clothes safe till you get home. Kay, Kay whispered back, don't let them get too lonely in the wardrobe. Now her mam, Pat and her three friends were waving her off as the bus pulled away. Patty had handed her the promised night clothes. She was slipping them into her near empty case. The only other thing in there was her mother's packed lunch. It looked like it would feed an army. Even the Christian brothers had donated fresh chicken for the sandwiches. She had, had not had fresh chicken in a long, long time. She hoped her mam and Pat would also be enjoying chicken tonight. The sight of her mam's homemade bread and apple tart made her tear up. She was to take a boat to Wales and then a train to London. In London, she had to find the underground and get to another train station where she was to get another train and get off at the station Huntington in Devon. What was she thinking? Travelling on her own. Just then she noticed another girl with a very light-looking suitcase. Catching up with her, she said, By any chance are you heading to Devon? The girl looked at her. Her face broke into a big smile. I was just thinking how I was going to find my way on my own. I'm Sarah. I'm Kay. I was so happy when I saw your light suitcase. They headed for the ticket office and to their delight there was four other girls also with light suitcases. They headed over to the four girls. I take it you're all heading to Devon, said Kay. Yes, said a girl with a head of lush ginger curls. I'm Angela. I'm Carmel, said a girl with very rosy cheeks and dark hair. I'm Tony, said a girl with her brown hair in two long plaits. I'm Bella, said a very quiet looking girl with blonde hair cut very tight. When they finally arrived at Huntington Station, it was full of very well-dressed young ladies in high fashion. They were wearing smart suits and very pretty dresses with padded shoulders, all wearing gloves. Kay had a lovely pair of soft white gloves the girls had given her on the last Friday night out. Some had tiny hats tilted over their eye with some net covering. Kay knew that this hat and netting were known as fascinators. One thing Kay and Patty followed was fashion. The four girls joined the fashion parade. They came, then came a loud yell, outside, outside. Kay grabbed her suitcase and followed the others. There was a large army lorry waiting outside. Get in, get in. What a scramble. Not a sensible pair of shoes in sight, with suitcases at all angles. I'll get up on the lorry and you hand me up your suitcases so as I can save a seat on the bench, space on the bench for us. After what seemed an age, they arrived at the camp, waiting for two big iron gates to be opened. Carmel said, Do you think they're to keep us out or the enemy in? 
Everyone laughed. It was nice to hear the sound of laughter, even if most of it was due to nerves. When the lorry came to a halt outside, some army huts, more yelling, Get out! Get out! Line up! Line up! The scramble began again. Roll call! Roll call! When your name is called, you step forward with your suitcase. I don't think I can get used to all this shouting, whispered Sarah. No one else said a word. The fear of God had already been put in them. What have I done, thought Kay. There was a vast marching square surrounded by the army huts and hundreds of soldiers were marching carrying full kit. At least it was a sunny day. Kay thought of the orphanage. Hail, rain, sleet, snow. Each class had to march in the yard. I liked the marching music the nun played, thought Kay. It was the only music, except for church singing, that I had heard till I was 16. At least we didn't have to keep shouting back at the nuns, as they seemed to have to do here. As Kay waited for her name to be called, she hoped she would be sharing with at least one of the girls she now called friends. Yes, she was to head to the same hut as Sarah, Angela and Carmen. Tony and Bella were in the hut across the yard. As they entered the hut, they were each given their bunk number, which was also their army number. They were to memorise it as they could get nothing without it. The yelling started again. Suitcase open on your bunk. Suitcase open on your bunk. Stand at the end of your bunk. Two soldiers with a bin went from bunk to bunk. Anything that was not night clothes went in it. <gasps> Thank God for my many layers, thought Kay. Yelling again. Line up, line up, march. They were heading to the supply depot for their kit. A thick khaki serge uniform with bright brass buttons, a brown leather belt, which also had a brass buckle, three sets of undies, one on, one off and one in the wash. The pile got higher and higher, a canvas bag that was to be worn across the shoulder and held a gas mask, a brown pair of lace-up shoes with metal tips and toes and heels at the heels. Finally, a kit bag. Wouldn't it have been a lot handier if they had issued this first, thought Kay. Back in the hut, they were learning how to make their beds. I will have to be able to bounce a coin off them, shouted the sergeant. The corner had to be just so. You had to fold the sheet under the end of the bed, fold back the loose piece back onto the mattress, making a triangle shape then took what was left hanging down tightly under the mattress, then fold down the piece, the triangular piece of sheet. It also had to be tucked under the mattress to make a nice, tidy, tight corner. Now we are to meet our best friend for the next six weeks. We're given a tin of brasso. and warned to guard it with our lives. The brass on your uniforms will have to be able to blind the enemy before I'll be satisfied, yelled the sergeant. On days when we weren't adding to the blisters on our feet, we had fatigues. 
which meant the joys and many tasks of the mop and bucket. Most dreaded was the cleaning of the latrines. There was also the cleaning of the windows. There were hundreds of them. Or the scrubbing of the mess. I liked the canteen best, as most of it was done in, out, indoors. There was no logic to cleaning windows, hail, rain, sleet, snow, but we did it. The potato peeling and vegetable prep. There were mountains of it every day. All had to be done in silence. Kay thought of her friends back home. None of them would have survived it here. It didn't take long for the days to become a long, exhausting blur. Kay thought, I never thought I would be grateful to the nuns. I am doing better than most. After all, I have been reared this way. Carmel was having a really hard time of it. Her blisters had got infected. She found the day drilling so overpowering. The sergeant seemed to take great glee in this, always putting her on the latrines. Quite quickly, it seemed, she ended up in the army hospital. No one was allowed to visit. Kay now thought of the day when she opened Patty's parcel. The dressing gown was lined with a removable lining. In case you end, so, oh, end up somewhere hot, Patty had said in one of the letters. The inside of the gown was full of pockets, with letters the girls had written together, full of wonderful nonsense. I have read these letters at least a hundred times, thought Kay. In the last pocket was a pair of expensive-looking silk knickers, how Patty had gotten the silk to make them, Kay had no idea. The reason Bella and Tony were not in their hood was because they had been divided, according to religion. Kay's hut was for the Irish and the Jews. Funny when you think what they were fighting for. The English are keeping us separated, thought Kay. Carmen was in the hut one morning after parade. She was going to become a land girl. She was delighted with this. She would be good at it as she had grown up on a dairy farm. They all hugged her and she was on her way. Kay shouted after her. Right! Carmel turned, smiled and nodded. As the weeks went past, they got used to the no privacy situation, learning to wash their whole body with a small face clot in a sink. It was challenging for most. You start with your head and make your way down through your body to your feet. Balancing on one leg, you wash your foot in the sink. Kay was very good at polishing the brass. Soon the girls were bribing her to help with theirs. Kay had a sweet tooth and an apple went down well. All the practice I had doing the brasses when I was a living maid is paying off, she thought. Who would have thought my past life would make my present so much easier? The other girls are finding the training so hard. With Carmel, a land girl now, the sergeant had set her gaze on Kay, annoyed rather than pleased with Kay's contentment. The latrines became home away from home for Kay. Kay had dealt with this bullying most of her life. 
The sergeant is not going to break me. Jealous is what she is. She looks like the back of a bus, she said one evening as the girls were lying on their bunks. If I survive this... What's the first thing you want to do? asked Sarah out loud to the room. The chatter began. Have a bath, a proper cup of tea. I'm gagging for a smoke. I'd love a slice of bread and butter and jam. Caramel's in the right place, said Kay. The lights went out. End of training camp. As the last training week loomed, they were not looking forward to the final drill tests. Kay was called to do, in to do a written test. The following Friday, as morning parade was ending, there was an announcement. Pass-out papers were ready to be collected from squadron leaders. A mix of relief and stress buzzed through the girls as they returned to their huts. Bella and Tony had received notification in their letters that they were both to become mechanics. They both had cars at home and so could already drive. It made sense. They would be staying together for further training. Myself and Sarah were delighted for them. Sarah received her letter next. I'm to become an army cook. I'm so happy. I'll be indoors for my cookery course. She smiled. Kay was still waiting to be called to receive her letter. There is just me and one other girl to be called, she thought. The other girl was walking forward to receive the letter, the last one in the sergeant's hands. After handing the soldier her letter, the sergeant went to turn and walk away without saying a word to Kay. Kay stepped forward and said, Ma'am, the sergeant turned and said, There's nothing here, and walked away. Kay stood stunned for a few minutes before heading back to the hut. With her friends, nobody said a word. Now the guessing game started again. Do you think she's just letting you stew for a while? She's had it in for you since Carmel became a land girl, said Sarah. Well, you've been picked for the right job, laughed Tony, trying to lighten the mood. Bella said, you have to pass out. You've more points than anyone I know. What about that extra exam you sat? Maybe they haven't got the results back yet. I hope so, said Kay. It wouldn't have killed her to tell me that, in the, in, if that is the case, sighed Kay. The camp was now full of festivities for the afternoon. No fun and games at night with the blackout. It was three days later that Kay received her letter. They all gathered around as she opened it very slowly, all eyes on her. She was forgetting to breathe. Ah, crap! I'm heading to London. What else does it say? They all said at once. You will be met at St Pancras train station. 3pm on the 24th of April. Your travel warrant is enclosed, Kay read out loud. For what? asked Bella. That's all it says, said Kay. The guessing games began again. Maybe you're going to be a spy, said Sarah. Kay laughed out loud. With my love for gossip, I hope not. 
If your further training is in London, you could have landed yourself an office job. Handy work, that would be, said Tony. I'd love that, but not with the bombs falling day and night, said Keg. New groups of girls were, were starting to form, and each hut a page was put up on the notice board with the headings of all the areas and jobs the girls were heading to. The girls signed their name underneath their job. On the page, new friendships were forming during the last few days of camp. Only one other person was heading to London. I see you pulled the soft, soft, short straw. I'm Kay. Yeah, looks like that, said Susan. Any ideas? If you want to hear a lot of silly guesses, I have lots of those. Me too, laughed Susan. Susan was a tall, very pretty girl with shiny black curly hair and deep blue eyes the colour of the sea on a bright day, almost navy. She was from Wellingborough, about two or hours from London by train, so she was happy enough to be close to home. When Susan and Kay got off the train in St Pancras Station, Army and Navy uniforms were everywhere. This should be fun. How are we supposed to meet up with anyone, said Kay. Let's just keep walking forward till somebody stops us. It's the first time we've had freedom in weeks. There is a cafe just outside, said Susan, no stranger to London. As they entered the cafe, a sergeant said, I thought I might find you here. Go get a cup and come back and sit down. They were grateful the last sergeant would have marched them straight out the door. Firstly, I would like to congratulate you on getting this far. Drink up. We will have to head off. I'm Sergeant Robertson. Sergeant Robertson was of medium height, black, straight hair with warm brown eyes. Outside now, they headed to the tube station. Sergeant Robertson was looking at Susan. I take it you know London. Yes, Sergeant, replied Susan. Turning towards Kay, she said, you're lucky in that. Kay nodded, not sure how to answer her. She seemed so friendly. Kay, you are to get us to the circle line. Kay's heart started pounding. She walked over to the map on the wall and said, it's the red line and it goes in a circle. At least if we miss our stop, we can go round again. What is our stop, Sergeant? Asked Kay. Ah, good, you'll do. This way. They followed the sergeant down into the bowels of the earth, Kay finally remembering to start breathing again. You have the rest of the day free. Make the best use of it. It will be your last for a very long time. Susan knew exactly what she would do with it. The weather was wonderful. I'll enjoy uh, walking around finding my feet, thought Kay. The accommodation is on Grosvenor Place. We arrived just before a shift change. We are to share a room with two other girls who have just nodded and raced out the door. First things first, best make up our beds. I hope you don't mind, Kay, if I run off and leave you. I just want to pop home while I can for a few hours. God knows where I'll end up tomorrow, said Susan. Of course not. I'm going to enjoy walking around in the sun. Learn my way around a bit, said Kay. 
7.30 next morning, they were in the canteen having breakfast. Each had received a letter of instructions. Oh God, let me be staying in London, said Susan. Oh God, let me not, thought Kay. Yes, I'm based in headquarters, just around the corner. Me too. We'd better get a move on if we have to be there by 7.50. Wouldn't do to be late on our first morning, said Kay. They headed in through the big black gates and up the set of stone steps. It was an impressive building. Sergeant Robinson was waiting for them. The first week is training. After that, you're on your own. No babysitters here. Yes, Sergeant, they both replied. A soldier was walking towards them, Private Carl. These are our new recruits. Take them under your wing. Yes, Sergeant, said Private Carl, saluting. While you're at it, teach these two how to salute. I will not be overlooking it next time, said Sergeant Robinson, turning on her heel and walking away. I'm Joy. She's, she's not as bad as her bark. Susan, Kay, what are you going to be doing? Did anyone tell you? Asked Joy. Today is your orientating day. You will be watching how things are done. You are down for training in two different areas. First, you will be introduced today. The army courts, said, said Private Carl. In a panic, Kay said, I know nothing about the law. Joy laughed. You don't have to. You can march, can't you? You're training as charge guards. What are charge guards? asked Susan. When a soldier is up on a charge, they have to be marched into court between two soldiers. They are the charge guards. Today you will learn to the marching pattern, how to enter the court and how to leave the court, said Joy. Sounds okay, said Kay. Us guards have been picked for our beauty. There has to be some perks in the job for the big wigs. I'm joking, but it is a bit of a mystery why all the good-looking soldiers end up here, laughed Joy. They sat watching for about an hour. I had no idea so many soldiers ended up on charge, said Kay. Most of it is missing curfew or uniforms, very little worse than that, said Joy. What sentence do they get, asked Susan. It depends on how often they're up on charge. Loss of pay, mostly, said Joy. Now we are going to go and you can practice marching me in and out of the court. You'll be doing it for real after lunch. Kay was thankful for the nuns yet again for the Christmas drill display they had to do in front of the board of directors as part of the nuns' fundraising Christmas event every year. Heading back into the courtroom, they were both a little nervous. They were introduced to two other soldiers, Bernie, a blonde-haired girl with green eyes, average build, with a great smile. April, dark-haired, beautiful figure, eyes the colour of blue-grey, and so unusual. Kay comes before us, so you're up first, Kay, said Bernie. You are going to partner April first. They did a little practice run. Then they heard a poor unfortunate's name being called by the court clerk. 
The soldiers stepped in between them. April and Kay were off. Kay's heart was always seemed to thump very loud when she was nervous. She could hear it. It was so loud in her ears. She hoped no one else could hear it. Before Kay had time to calm herself, she was back in the waiting area. What was it like in there? asked Susan. I've no idea. Kay just then let out her breath. It was over an hour before another soldier arrived to be court-martialed. Poor Susan was on tender hooks the whole time. They were now lined up as the court clerk called out a name. Susan was full of confidence, as if she'd just turned a switch on. I must take a leaf from her book, thought Kay. In no time, Susan was back with a smile on her face. I could get used to this, said Susan. Just as long as you... Just as well, you have to, said Kay. As long as you don't end up in the middle, said April. Sergeant Robinson entered the room, all stood to attention. Well, how did it go? She asked. Good, they're ready, said April. Now you need to follow me to the communications building, said Sergeant Robinson. Kay and Susan followed behind without saying a word. It was about ten minutes' brisk walk. They were now climbing the steps into the building. This is your main job. You are to train as switchboard operators. The building was built like a warren inside. So many steps up and down and around corners. Finally, they ended up in a very large, big room full of soldiers answering calls. The buzz in the room seemed to be non-stop. A soldier approached and saluted. This is Sergeant Knightley, said Sergeant Robinson. She will take over from me now in this is her area. Sergeant Knightley signalled for them to follow her. We ended up in a small room in the basement. This is where you will start your training in the morning. <laughs>